0: Hello friend, I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast season three. This season, we are taking time to better understand who the women in the New Testament are and their experiences. We will learn more of them, their story, and how Jesus Christ tutored their lives. We will learn more about how much Jesus Christ loves women. For the first 90 days of the season, you will also be able to listen to a second weekly episode. We will be discussing the Book of Mormon. If you aren't aware of the Book of Mormon study group, check check it out the show notes or my website today. I am enough.com and you can sign up. We are reading the book of Mormon from January 1st to March 31st. And each week I will share my thoughts on the weekly reading and what I take away from it. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm grateful to have you and I'm excited that there. I feel like we're getting to the part of the book of Mormon where there's just so much all the time. And so we will not be able to go over everything, but we will do what we can. So we are, we are reading Alma 14 through 32 this week. We are going to start off in Alma 15. We, we, I think we talked about last week, right? Alma and Amulek met last week and in our readings last week, of course, and, um, so they are out teaching and in chapter 15, they are in, I'm I'm not going to say these words properly, I'm sure, but Sidom, and they establish a church there. And then they head. um, and while they're there, we are going to talk about a miracle that ends up happening. So verse five, that it says, and it came to pass that they immediately obeyed the message, which that had been sent them. That they needed to go to Sidon. And they went and um and they went in unto the house of Zezrom and they found him upon his bed, sick, being very low with a burning fever, and his mind also was exceedingly sore because of its iniquities. And when he saw them, he stretched forth his hand and besought them that they would heal him. Well, Alma asks him, Believe thou in the power of Christ unto salvation. And Zeezrom says, I believe all the words that thou hast taught. So Alma says, if you believe in the redemption of Jesus Christ, then you can be healed. And he says, I believe according to thy words. And Alma cried unto the Lord saying, O Lord, our God, have mercy on this man and heal him according to his faith, which is in Christ. And in verse 11, it says, Zeezrom leaped upon his feet and began to walk and this was done to the great astonishment of all the people and the knowledge of this went forth throughout all the land of Sidon and Alma baptized Jesrim unto the lord and he began from that time forth to preach unto the people i i love stories like this and i think as we're reading the new testament and for come follow me and we're seeing jesus christ healing all these people it's so fun to see that this was happening before Jesus Christ even came that his prophets were healing people and we see that i mean we see that often in other places but i don't i didn't necessarily remember the story and so it's definitely one that stood out to me but it's according to our faith that we're healed and we don't always have this result where we're leaping up and we're perfect and we're healed and sometimes our sorrows and our struggles and our infirmities last a lifetime and sometimes they aren't healed in this life. And that is really difficult. I think it's in stories like this where we can find hope though. We can find hope in Jesus Christ and hope in his healing, whether it be in this life or the next life and that we can know that he can heal us. And I think that is one of the biggest things that we can take away is that Jesus Christ can heal us and the opportunities for us to be healed are there. And sometimes it's just a matter of having faith and turning to him. So in Alma 17 through 27, so a huge chunk of this is the sons of Mosiah. So it's, that's their story and how they went about um, to preach to the Lamanites and all that they suffered and had to endure And there's so much. (laughs) There's so much in these chapters. I hope that you've taken time to read them or listen to them. Even you don't need to necessarily read them, but I think it's important to learn from these stories. They endured a lot and they had to go through a lot. And uh, we're going to focus for a minute. I don't know. Picking and choosing was really difficult. but. In chapter 18, Alma, he's, well, he's been with King Lamoni and he's wondering, uh, so in verse, in chapter 17, it's where this flocks are scattered and Alma, uh, Ammon, excuse me, cuts the arms off and um, his servants come with the bag of arms and tell him to tell the king what's happened. And they're like, he's like, where's Alma? Where is Ammon? And they're like, "Well, he's just doing the next chore that you gave him to do." So King Lamoni assumes that Ammon is the Great Spirit, and as he brings out Al- Ammon, I'm going to keep saying Alma. I'm sorry, you guys. Ammon, as he brings Ammon to him and starts asking, like the he tells him, "Like you must be the Great Spirit," and. Ammon says in verse twenty-two. Now Ammon, being wise yet harmless, said unto Lamoni, Wilt thou hearken unto my words, if I tell thee by what power I do these things? And this is the thing that I desire of thee. And the king answered him and said, Yea, I will believe all thy words. And thus he was taught. He was caught with, and thus he was caught with guile. And Ammon began to speak unto him with boldness and said unto him, Believest thou there is a God? And we go on. King Lamona is not really sure what God is or who God is, but he's taught that it's the same as the Great Spirit. Ammon says in verse thirty-two, yea, he looketh down upon all the children of men, and he knows all the thoughts and intents of the heart. For by this hand were they all created from the beginning. And King Lamona said, I believe all these things that thou hast spoken. Art thou art thou sent from God? And Ammon said, I am a man. And a man in beginning was created after the image of God, and I am called by his Holy Spirit to teach these things unto the people. That they may be brought to a knowledge of that which is just and true. And a portion of that spirit dwelleth in me, which giveth me knowledge and also power according to my faith and desires which are in God. I love that verse 35, that we're given a portion of his spirit, which is true. And it helps with our knowledge and power and faith and desires that they be Aligned with God, so then at the end of chapter eighteen is when Lamoni sleeps <laughs> when he lies down and Ammon had said all these things and he was just so overwhelmed he began to cry and began to ask for mercy to be on the Lord and he fell to the earth as if he were dead and that's where we end chapter eighteen in chapter nineteen is one of my favorites the queen right having heard the fame of Ammon she sent and desired that he should come unto her because she'd been told what was happening but wanted to hear it straight from him and she was just like everyone's saying he's dead and everyone says he stinks but I don't think he stinks for he has been so Ammon says for he's been um And now this is what Ammon desired, for he knew that King Lamoni was under the power of God. He knew the dark veil of unbelief was being cast away from the mind and the light which did light up his mind, which was the light of the glory of God, which was a marvelous light of his goodness. Yea, this light was infused such joy into his soul and the cloud of darkness having been dispelled and that the light of everlasting life was lit in his soul. Yea, he knew that this had bec- had overcome his natural frame, and he was carried away in God. So we have King Lamoni, who has fallen to the earth, and Ammon tells his wife, that's all that's happened, he will raise again in in two days. And he said unto the queen, he's not dead, but he sleepeth in God, and he on the morrow he shall rise again, therefore bury him not. And Ammon said unto her, believest thou this? And she said, I have no witness, save it, except what you're saying to me and the word of the servants. So I believe, and it shall be according as thou hast said. And Ammon said, blessed art thou, because thou of thy exceeding faith. I think we underestimate the queen and the faith that she had, because she just had no idea what had happened. And people are telling her, you need to bury your husband. Like he is dead. He's starting to smell. And we need to bury him. And the servants are like, no, it's it's not true. And so she just puts her faith in these servants and in Ammon. He says in verse 10 of chapter 19, I say unto thee, woman, there has not been such great faith among all the people of the Nephites. And it came to pass that he arose according to the words of Ammon, the king, and he stretched forth his hand unto the woman and said, blessed be the name of God and blessed art thou. For as sure as thou livest, behold, I have seen my Redeemer, and he shall come forth and be born of a woman, and shall redeem all mankind who believe on his name. Now when he had said these words, his heart was swollen within him, and he sunk again with joy. And the queen also sank down, being overpowered by the spirit. This is such a fascinating thing to think about. I can't imagine being in this situation. So we have the king, who again lies down passes out or whatever, overcome with joy and the queen. And then Ammon, seeing that the spirit of the Lord was poured out according to his prayers upon the Lamanites, his brethren who'd been the cause of so much mourning, and he fell upon his knees and began to pour out his soul in prayer and thanksgiving to God for what he had done for this brethren. And he was overpowered, overcome with joy, and they then he sunk to the earth. And then when the servants of the king had seen that they had fallen, they also began to cry unto God for fear of the Lord had come upon them. For it was they who stood before the king and testified of him concerning the great power of Ammon. And it came to pass that they did call on the name of the Lord in their might, even until they had all fallen to the earth. So you have Ammon and the king and the queen and then all the servants are just passed out in this room. Except one. There's one Woman left. I am excited to talk about her. We are going to talk about Abish. 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 I think when I listened to the scriptures, they say Abish. We'll say both, maybe. But she was not. She was the only one left in this room. And it says that she, having been converted unto the Lord for many years on account of a remarkable vision of her father. So her father had had a vision and been converted to the gospel and had taught her and she was converted, but she had said nothing because she probably was worried. It says in 17, never having made it known, but when she saw all the servants and Lamoni had fallen to the earth and the queen and the king and Ammon, they were all on the earth. She knew that it was by the power of God. And she knew this was her opportunity to make let the people know what had happened and to show them this miracle and that they needed to come see the scene so that they could see the power of God. And so she ran from the house to house, making it known to the people that they needed to come see this. I love that she ran. It reminds me of the shepherds and it reminds me of, um, I don't know, we've read about other people now. I can't remember who, but there's been a few people that have like, run they've been quick to follow the spirit and I love that Abish is one of them and so to their astonishment they came and the king and the queen and their servants were all on the ground and they lay there like they were dead and they saw Ammon and he was a Nephi. and so they odd they went straight to what's this Nephi doing here it's his fault we need to kill him and so they actually tried and it says in verse 22. One of whose brother was slain with the sword of Ammon, being exceedingly angry with Ammon, drew his sword and went forth that he might let it fall upon Ammon to slay him. And as he lifted the sword to smite him, behold, he fell dead. And now we see that Ammon could not be slain, for the Lord had said unto Mosiah his father, I will spare him, and it shall be unto him according to thy faith Therefore, Mosiah trusted him unto the Lord. So because of the faith of Mosiah that the Lord would protect him, Ammon was protected. He could not be killed. And so then the people were afraid and they weren't really sure what to do. Abish was getting a little worried because people were not seeing the power of God in this situation like she had hoped. And in 29, it says, And it came to pass that she went and took the queen by the hand, that perhaps she might raise her from the ground. And as soon as she touched the hand, her hand, she stood upon her feet and cried with a loud voice saying, Oh, blessed Jesus, who has saved me from an awful hell. Oh, blessed God, have mercy on this people. And she talked, she clapped, she clapped her hands together Past them together and said that she was filled with joy and she took the King by his hand and he arose and stood on his feet. And he immediately seeing the contention among his people went forth and began rebuking them and teaching them the words, which he had heard from the mouth of Ammon. And as many as heard this word believed and were converted unto the Lord and behold, many did declare unto the people that they had seen angels and had conversed with them. And thus they were Told many things of God and of and of his righteousness. And thus the work of the Lord did commence among the Lamanites, thus the Lord did begin to pour out his spirit upon them, and we see that his arm is extended to all people who will repent and believe on his name. I love that Abish is such an incredible missionary in this and such an incredible disciple of Christ, where she's willing to follow and do those things that the Lord asks her to do. Even in a moment that like she was excited and she saw the power of God, but then as it came, she didn't back away and she had faith that the queen could rise again and that she would be able to find him and or have the queen come and talk and testify and because she brought all these people, they saw that power of God and they were able to be converted. And I just think it's a beautiful missionary story and a beautiful story of faith and following Jesus Christ. We are going to skip over to Alma 23 now. This is where it talks about there were seven Lamanite cities that were converted. And these people become the anti-Nephi Lehi's. Okay, so we have... um. And it says, As sure as the Lord liveth, so sure as many as believed, or as many as were thought in the knowledge of the truth, through the preaching of Ammon and his brethren, according to the spirit of revelation and of prophecy and of power and of God making miracles unto them. Yea, as unto you the Lord liveth, and as many as the Lamanites as believed in their preaching and were converted unto the Lord never did fall away. These people were so converted that they never fell away. So we have the land of Ishmael, the land of Madonai, the city of Nephi, the land of Shilom, the land of Shemlon, and the city of Lemuel, and the city of Shemolim. And they were all converted unto the Lord. And these are the people that in 17 were told that they called themselves the anti-Nephi Lehi's because they did not want to call be called Lamanites anymore. Now the anti-Nephi Lehi's were, they were so converted. They, they never wavered in their faith. And in 24, they just talk about how merciful the God is. And then it comes to the point where they need to decide what they're going to do. And in 15, it says, and our swords are made bright. Let us hide them away that they might be kept bright as a testimony of our God at the last day, or the day that we shall be brought to stand before him and judged. And we have not stained our swords in the blood of the brethren since he imparted his words upon us, and he made us clean thereby. And then in verse 17, they took their weapons and they buried them deep in the earth. And this does happen again by some, uh, some more Lamanites that are converted unto the Lord. So we have these anti-Nephi-Lehi's who will become, they will be part of the Nephite people. And they bury their weapons of war. And these are the parents of the stripling warriors um, because they cannot fight because of this covenant that they've made and burying their weapons of war was part of that covenant. And so their children were small enough at the time that they did not make this covenant. And so that is why the stripling warriors fought for their parents in their parents' place because they didn't want their parents to have to break that covenant. and. So we'll get to that, but that's who, that's who they are. So in Alma 24, 27, it says, and thus we see that the Lord worketh in many ways for the salvation of his people. These are people that were rejecting anyone that came in, anyone that was trying to teach this gospel and they, they were able to be converted through the Lord and through a few people that were willing to listen that turned into a lot of people. Verses thirty-one and thirty, or chapter thirty-one and thirty-two, are packed. So this is where Alma goes um, to reclaim the Zoramites. Uh, the Zoramites deny Christ, and the missionaries are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and Ammon actually leaves, or Alma, excuse me, leaves. He let's see, it says, and Ammon and Aaron and Omner and Himni, and he did leave the church in Zarahemla. But the former three took he with him and also Amulek and Zeezrom, who were of Melech. And he also took two of his sons and Helaman did not go with him. Helaman stayed behind and he took Shiblon and Corianton. So they, this group of people, they go to um, Zarahemla, right? Zoramites, go see the Zoramites to try and do some missionary work there. In verse 32 of chapter 31, he says, O Lord, wilt thou comfort my soul, and give unto me success, and also my fellow laborers who are with me? Yea, Ammon and Aaron and Omner, and also Amulek and Zeezrom, and my two sons. Yea, even all those who wilt comfort, O Lord. Yea, wilt thou comfort their souls in Christ? Wilt thou grant unto them that they may have the strength, that they may bear their afflictions, with which shall come unto them, because of the iniquities of this people?" O Lord, wilt thou grant unto us that we may have success in bringing them again unto thee in Christ? Beloved, behold, O Lord, their souls are precious, and many of them are our brethren. Therefore give unto us, O Lord, power and wisdom, that we may bring these, our brethren, unto thee. Now it came to pass when Alma had said these words, that he clapped his hands upon all them that were with him, And behold, as he clapped his hands upon them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to address this. His prayer is so beautiful. And it's interesting to think like he clapped his hands upon his head. It almost makes me feel like he hit their heads. Um, There is a footnote, though, that I would like to read. It goes to 3 Nephi 18.37. It says, And the multitude heard not the words which he spake; Therefore, they did not bear record. But the disciples bear record that he gave them power to give the Holy Ghost. And I will show unto you hereafter that this record is true. So he gave them a blessing, essentially. Um, He gave them the power of the Holy Ghost. And that was with them. And the Lord provided them that they should not hunger or neither thirst. Yea, he also gave them strength that they should suffer no manner of affliction, save it were swallowed up in the joy of Christ. Now, this was according to the prayer of Alma, and this because he prayed in faith. And then we get into chapter 32, and I this is the really well-known faith chapter. And as I read this, it made me think of a talk by President Nelson, so I will be quoting that. But in 21 and 22, verse 30, or chapter 32, it says, and now, as I said concerning faith, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if ye have faith, ye hope for things which are not seen, which are true. And now, behold, I say unto you, that I would that ye should remember that God is merciful unto all who believe in his name. Therefore he desireth, in the first place, that ye should believe, yea, even on his word. And then in verse 27, But behold, if ye will awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon the word, and exercise a particle of faith, even if ye have, can no more than desire to believe, let that desire work in you, even until you believe in the manner that ye can give place for a portion of my word. So I would like to talk for just a moment. April 2021, President Nelson gave a talk entitled, Christ is risen, faith in him will move mountains. He says... Alma asks us simply to experiment upon the word and exercise a particle of faith. Yet even if we can no more than desire to believe the phrase particle of faith reminds me of the Lord's biblical promise that if we have faith, even as a grain of mustard seed, we will shall be able to say unto the mountains, remove hence to yonder place and it shall be removed and nothing shall be impossible unto us. The Lord understands our mortal weakness We all falter at times, but he also knows of our great potential. The mustard seed starts small, but grows into a tree large enough for birds to nest in its branches. The mustard seed represents a small but growing faith. A little bit down from there, he says, moving your mountains may require a miracle. Learn about miracles. Miracles come according to your faith in the Lord. Central to that faith is trusting him and his his will and timetable how and when he will bless you with the miraculous help you desire. Only your unbelief will keep God from blessing you with miracles to move the mountains in your life. He's, he's given us a list in this. He starts off second, choose to believe in Jesus Christ. If you have doubts about God, the father and his beloved son, or the validil- validity of the restoration of the Um, restoration of the gospel by Joseph Smith's divine calling as a prophet, choose to believe and stay faithful. Take your questions to the Lord and to other faithful sources. Study your desire to believe rather than with the hope that you can find a flaw in the fabric of a prophet's life or discrepancy in the scriptures. Did you hear that? Study with the desire to believe rather than with the hope that you can find a flaw in the fabric of a prophet's life or discrepancy in the scriptures. Stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters and allow the Lord to lead you on your journey of spiritual discovery. I know a couple of those lines have caused a lot of um, confusion for some people. I think we just need to desire to believe though, and we need to make sure that we're choosing to believe and then looking for other faithful sources I think that's what stands out to me. This talk is incredible. Um, I'd encourage you to go back and read it. But I just love how it just works with this that we just need to desire to believe. We don't even have to believe. We just have to have a desire to believe and then work towards that. He says in verse 42, and because of your diligence and your faith and your patience with the word of with the word in nourishing it that it may take root in you. Behold, by and by you shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet, and which is white above all that is white, yea, and pure above all that is pure. And you shall feast upon the fruit even until you are filled, that ye hunger not, neither shall you thirst. Then, my brethren, you shall reap the rewards of your faith and your diligence and your patience and long suffering, and waiting for the tree to, become, to bring forth fruit unto you. I just think this is a beautiful way to end this week and just seeing that we just need to try. We just need to put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes we will believe and we can grow that belief. And sometimes it's planting that seed of desire and then growing that seed. We can grow the seeds of doubt or we can grow the seeds of faith. And as we do what president Nelson said and search out those good sources that is when we will be able to grow that seed of faith when we choose to believe when we stay faithful when we take our questions to the lord and to other faithful sources then that desire to believe and our belief can grow into greater faith and we can have better understanding of our savior and all that he offers us thanks so much for joining me today and i'm excited for next week. Next week, we are reading Alma 33 to Alma 51. So almost to the end of Alma. If you are signed up to be a part of our Book of Mormon study group, keep an eye out for an email. I have a little questionnaire that I need some help with. So keep an eye out for that in your email and we will talk next week. Have a great day.